It seemed like everyone was getting on each other's nerves in court today, with some flare-ups between witness number 49 and the defence lawyers, and between defence lawyers and the prosecution, and even between the judge and Najib Razak. And then the court heard that in 2015, Najib was very annoyed, shocked and distressed to find out that the 42 million ringgit that ended up in his account came from CSR company Isan Pradana. He said it put his reputation and career in jeopardy. By the Malaysian Insight, this is The People vs. Najib Razak. Follow us into the courtroom where it all happens. I'm Patrick Teo. It was day 39 of the SRC International Trial. Ever punctual, Najib arrived at the Kuala Lumpur court in good time. He wore a black pinstripe suit and a red tie. He walked into the court lobby flanked by his aides and a handful of supporters who left him as he took the lift up to the fifth floor. At about 9.20am, the buzzer sounded and Judge Nazlan walked into the courtroom. It was also the signal for the former Prime Minister who was waiting in the public gallery to take his seat in the dock. Ang Su Ling, the former YR1M CEO, was back on the stand. Shafi Abdullah had promised yesterday that the defence's line of questioning would enter areas of controversy. Sure enough, his co-counsel, Havinderjit Singh, turned up the heat on his cross-examination of the witness. Yesterday, Su Ling had described how she transferred 42 million ringgit from Esan Perdana into two Ambank accounts ending with 880 and 906. She did this on the instruction of Najib's private secretary, the late Aslin Alias. Of course, we now know those accounts belong to Najib. We found out today that Su Ling had gone to see Najib in 2015, this was when the 1MDB scandal broke and those bank accounts made headlines. When she told Najib about the fund transfer, she said he seemed shocked and annoyed. He told her it was very damaging to his reputation and career. If this sounds familiar, that's because back in episode 20, we heard a similar testimony from Isam Pradana's managing director, Dr. Shamsul Anwar Sulaiman. He said Najib was upset that millions were channeled into his accounts. If you missed this, we recommend going back and listening to this podcast in chronological order to follow the drama as it unfolds. Su Ling said that she had responded by apologizing to the former PM and offered to resign from her position in YR1M. Harvey then homed in on BlackBerry chat transcripts between Su Ling and Ambank relationship manager Joanna Yu. Here's where it got a bit fiery. Right, Yvonne? Yep. In those chat transcripts, Su Ling and Joanna talked about the bank transfers and referred to an unknown person as our friend. Harvey kept insisting that the friend was fugitive businessman Joe Lo. But Suling was adamant it wasn't. That might have been who Joanna was referring to. She wasn't sure. 
but it wasn't who she was referring to. By the way, when she was later asked about the code name she and Joanna had used to refer to Najib, she said they called him uncle. The lawyer was trying to establish that Suling had a relationship with Jolo and was taking orders from him because she had worked for him at his company Winton Group from 2004 until 2006. For some reason, Harvey kept calling her Joanna by mistake and Suling would correct him saying, I'm not Joanna. Then he would apologize saying he was tired. He made this mistake so many times that after a while, Suling gave up and told Harvey he could call her whatever he wanted. Harvey kept shooting questions at Suling, who kept trying to further explain her answers. This seemed to make him upset and he started picking on how her answers were needlessly long when they should be just whether she agrees or disagrees. He also told her off for looking at the prosecution when answering, when she should be looking at the judge. DPP Sitambaram stood up angrily, asking Harvey if he was insinuating that the prosecution was coaching the witness and told Harvey not to push it. The witness was getting impatient and it showed in the tone of her voice. Her voice grew increasingly shrill and her answers got more and more informal. She would go, No, it's not like that! Or, Hayo! At one point, she even asked Harvey, What's the point of your questions? She said he seemed to be taking the chat between her and Joanna out of context and was basing his questions on his own interpretation. She was so irritated, she even asked Harvey, Are we going to do this for every page of the transcript? Harvey said yes. And Suling sounded resigned as she sighed and said, Okay, let's do it. Sounds intense. What about Najib? Did he react to any of this? Nope, he just sat expressionless as always, slouched back against the dock, poker face on point. When proceedings resumed after lunch, Najib was nowhere to be found. Harvey requested for the court to stand down so they could look for him. The former PM walked in ten minutes later. Shafi said Najib was held back because he had an unexpected visitor but didn't specify who. Judge Naslan reminded him to comply with court times. Najib didn't say anything in response, but his lawyers apologised to the judge on his behalf. Suling was back on the stand, now fielding questions from Shafi. She told the court that when Aslin passed away in a helicopter crash in April 2015, she had deleted his contact and all the messages they exchanged from her BlackBerry phone because it was too painful to see his name. But in hindsight, she said she shouldn't have deleted those messages as they would have protected her in this case. She later threw the phone away in the trash. Shafi suggested that Suling had made up the entire correspondence with Aslin and that she did so because Aslin is unable to defend himself. She denied this. He accused her of lying, saying that someone with her training as a lawyer would not have disposed of such valuable information. Suling disagreed, saying that if anything, she was only guilty of being naive.
The next witness to take the stand was former Ambank Managing Director Chia Tech Kuang. He is 72 years old now, and he looks rather frail, but spoke clearly, loudly, and mostly candidly. He joked with defence lawyer Farhan Reed, who kept referring to him erroneously as Dato, that the only Dato ship he held was as a grandfather. What did we learn from Tech Kuang, Yvonne? Well, Joanna had told Tech Kuang that Najib wanted to open accounts in M-Bank. He discussed this with the bank's then-chairman, Azman Hashim, who gave him the green light. So he set up a meeting with Najib via Azlin. Tekwang met Najib at his Langak Duta residence. To his surprise, he said he saw Jolo in the former PM's house that night. Jolo, it seemed, requested for the accounts to be opened under a code name. Najib told him he was opening the accounts because he expected political donations to come in from Saudi Arabia. He didn't give an exact figure, but said it would be in the region of 100 to 200 million ringgit. Joanna kept Tek Kuang updated on the account's activities. After dealing with Najib, the witness went to see former Bank Negara Governor Zati Aziz. She reminded him that the account opening must comply with banking regulations. Apart from his position in Ambank, Tek Kuang also had sat on KWAP's investment panel. The lawyers spent some time going through details of KWAP's loan to SRC again. If you need a refresher on KWAP's 4 billion ringgit loan to SRC, go back and listen to the episode. And with that, proceedings ended for the day. Tech Huang will be back on the stand tomorrow at 9am. This podcast is produced, written and mixed by Revati Supramaniam, Yappik Kwan, Yvonne Lim and Ravin Palanisami. Additional reporting by Timothy Acharyam. I'm Patrick Teoh.